Vaugan.com Mm, Don Quijote y Sancho Panza eh, Cleopatra y Marco Antonio Adán y Eva eh, Romeo y Julieta Vaughan eh, mm, y Disney ¿Eh? Sí, ya lo has oído Vaughan y Disney siguen colaborando Para que tus hijos aprendan inglés Mientras se divierten La magia de Disney con la calidad de Vaughan Entra en grupovaughan.com E infórmate nuestro curso de inglés por videoconferencia es la opción perfecta para perfeccionar tu inglés en poco tiempo y sin perder tiempo en incómodos desplazamientos. 100% online, por videoconferencia, desde cualquier lugar. Grupos de 6 personas como máximo. Horario de mañana o tarde. Prueba de nivel gratuita. ¿Qué más quieres? Nosotros no podemos darte más facilidades. Ahora te toca a ti. Entra en grupobaugan.com e infórmate sobre nuestro curso de inglés por videoconferencia. Friday's edition of Fits at Six. It's six o'clock. It's time for English. Let's go. Question mix. English o'clock. Ask me if duck is one of, my, one of my favorite things to eat. Ask me if duck is one of my favorite things to eat. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Especially when it's done in the Chinese style of crispy duck. Have you ever tried Indian food? Have you ever tried Indian food? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. How often do you sing? How often do you sing? Well, I don't sing in, I don't sing very often, but sometimes I sing in the shower. Ask me if I was stuck in traffic yesterday. Ask me if I was stuck in traffic yesterday. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Do you enjoy spending Easter in Madrid or do you prefer to go away? Do you enjoy spending Easter in Madrid or do you prefer to go away? I actually really like Easter in Madrid. I like Easter in Spain. It's a magical time here. And I know that people will say the best processions are in Andalusia and Zamora and Valladolid. But in Madrid, they're pretty good too. Maybe they're not quite as good as the others, but I love the, the, in the narrow streets of the center, just off Plaza Mayor. And and other parts around there where the where the processions go and the music and the atmosphere is really really is really really special. Ask me if I tried to go to bed early yesterday. Ask me if I tried to go to bed early yesterday. Did you try to go to bed early yesterday? Did you try to go to bed early yesterday? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. These days I tried to go to bed late because at midnight it's still thirty degrees, and maybe at two o'clock in the morning it's twenty eight. And it's not a big difference, but sometimes it's enough to be able to, to sleep. Are you going to take time off next Christmas? Are you going to take time off next Christmas? Uh, well, yes, I am. I sincerely hope I'll be able to go home uh, next Christmas. Ask me if I'll come to work tomorrow. Ask me if I'll come to work tomorrow. Will you come to work tomorrow? Will you come to work tomorrow? No, I won't. No, I won't. Tomorrow is Saturday. I'll take a day off. How far is it from your house to the nearest church? How far is it from your house to the nearest church? It's about a six-minute walk. It's about a six-minute walk. Were there any priests in your house yesterday? Were there any priests in your house yesterday? No, there weren't. No, there weren't. This reminds me of a, an Irish tradition that still takes place in the countryside, which is called a station. So in country areas, in country parishes... Families will agree with the local priest to host a station. Now, usually there's one of these per year, so they rotate it. And the station is effectively, uh, the priest comes to the house and priest says mass and you invite your neighbors and your cousins and your relations and there's a lot of food. And because there are, that if you go to a typical Irish farmhouse, you'll find usually very good food. Not very elaborate, but very good food. And a lot of baked cakes 
apple tarts, cold ham, not cured ham, but cold baked or boiled ham, salads, potatoes, and they're a great event. They're a great event. So there's a mass set in the house, but of course, like a lot of these events, it's a very social, it's a very social event. And more than before, more than in, in the last 40 or 50 years, when somebody dies in the family, they are waked at home. Now, this is a very famous Irish version of a funeral, which also happens in the United States because of the Irish influence. And so until really the 1970s, I'd say the concept of an of a funeral home where the body was taken to a to an uh, to um we, we say a funeral home or funeral parlor um but up to that point people were somebody died and they were waked at home and the wake meaning they would be in the coffin the coffin would be open usually unless they had been the victim of a bad accident for example but the coffin would be open and uh, especially when it was an old person at the end, at the end of their life all the neighbors would come in and they would they would pray at the coffin and of course there would be whiskey and there would be um again a lot of food james joyce wrote a famous book called finnegan's wake which is also the name of a song and in the song uh a man dies in an accident i think a building he he was working on a building site in construction he and he fell and and, and apparently he died and so they would have rituals like a bottle of whiskey at the foot of the coffin, at the head of the coffin. And there would be, there would be, if it wasn't a tragic funeral of a young person, there would be even be, there would even be some, some music. And, um, a fight started at the wake. And, and according to the song, somebody knocked the bottle of whiskey over the dead man whose name was Tim Finnegan. And, and he rose, he rose back to life because of course he hadn't been, he hadn't been dead at all. And apparently one of the aspects of this, this wake was before they really had access to doctors and good medicine. Of course, sometimes a person would be in a, in a form of coma and the, they would give them the few days to, to wake and to come out of the, of the coma. But that's very, that was very unusual. But this wake was a very typical Irish tradition. And I don't know if you've seen the American TV series, The Wire. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's on HBO. And it deals with uh, police and drug dealers in the city of Baltimore, Maryland. Now, you choose any main American city, Chicago, New York, Boston, uh, San Francisco, those major cities. And a huge, there's a huge tradition in the police forces of, of, of Irish Americans. And so anytime a policeman died in this film, The Wire, they would go to a certain Irish pub and they would have uh, The Wake. And they would always play a great song by one of my favorite groups that I mentioned just the other day called The Pogues, called The Body of an American. And I'll, and I'll read the lyrics to you uh, just in a, in a little while. So this was The Wake. This was the typical, this was the typical thing. So when I finish this list, I'm going to come back and read the, the lyrics of Body of an American. Where are we? How long does it take to make torijas? How long does it take to make torijas? Now you might say, how do you say torijas in English? Well, there isn't an exact equivalent, but there is kind of an equivalent. There is something called bread and butter pudding, which is a little bit similar. So were there any priests in your house yesterday? No, there weren't any priests in my house yesterday. Is mud cleaner than sand is mud cleaner than sand no it isn't no it isn't what is mud mud is what you find in a field when it rains heavily and the earth turns into mud did you drive a lot yesterday did you drive a lot yesterday no i didn't no i didn't what's the most comfortable car you've ever driven what's the most comfortable car you've ever driven i was one time um lent a Honda Legend, which was the top of the range Honda, a very powerful car, very, and that was probably the most comfortable car I'd ever, I'd ever driven. How long does it take? Sorry, excuse me. How long did it take you? How long does it take you to eat torijas? How long does it take you to eat torijas? Very little time. Very little time. I, I love them. Are we still celebrating Easter? Are we still celebrating Easter? Easter? No, we're not. No, we're not. 
How often do you buy cucumbers? How often do you buy cucumbers? I actually never buy cucumbers. I don't dislike them, but for some reason I never, I never buy them. How long does it take you to make a salad? How long does it take you to make a salad? It takes me about 20 minutes to make a salad. Do you know how a computer works? Do you know how a computer works? I have a basic idea, a very basic idea. There are fewer lakes in Spain than in Poland. So, using aren't as many. There aren't as many lakes in Spain as in Poland. There aren't as many lakes in Spain as in Poland. Now, I did say a few minutes ago that I would read the lyrics of this song, The Body of an American, which features in this TV series, The Wire. And it's written by a man called Shane McGowan, who is, who is, or sorry, was the lead singer of the Pogues. He's still alive, amazingly, because he's had a major drink and drugs problem throughout his whole life, but he's, he's alive. An incredible songwriter. Maybe not the most beautiful voice you've ever heard, but a very charismatic singer and, and a great band, the Pogues, which is, a, which means the kisses. It means the kisses. So let's read this out. The body of an American. The Cadillac stood by the house. Now, Cadillac, of course, the American luxury car, stood. You'd say, what, a car can stand? Well, you would say it was, it was parked outside the, outside the house. The Cadillac stood by the house. And the Yanks, they were within. Now, Yanks, Yankees. So meaning the Americans, the Americans. And the Tinker Boys, they hissed advice, hot wire her with a pin. Now, what's a tinker? A tinker is a word for it, what we call a traveling person, uh, sort of similar to a, to a gypsy that we have in Britain and in Ireland. And these people would travel from place to place, especially in the summertime. In the old days with a horse and a kind of small, a small wooden caravan with a round roof. Now, that's going back to my very early childhood. Later on, of course, they had vans and, and, and cars, and they were very famous metal workers and also uh, famous horse people. If you go to, there's, there are horse fairs in Ireland where these people would buy and sell horses. Now, when, when it says, and the Tinker Boys, they hissed advice. Now, to hiss is what a snake does, but it's also a manner of speaking, almost whispering, whispering. Hot wire her with a pin. Now, what does hot wire mean? Hot wire is when you start a car without the, without the key. When you break into a car, you're trying to steal a car. You see this on the TV all the time. And you connect two of the ignition wires and you start the engine that way when you don't have a, a key. Hot wire her with a pin. Now, a pin probably um, meaning somehow uh, using a, maybe a, a hair clip to help hotwire the car. Then we turned and shook as we had a look in the room where the dead men lay. Now, strangely, he says dead men, not dead man. So big Jim Dwyer made his last trip to the shores where his father's lay. So this was obviously an Irish-American family in America. And a man called Jim Dwyer has died. He's a big man, big Jim Dwyer. And I suppose the idea is that when he goes to heaven, he goes back to, he goes back to Ireland. But 15 minutes later, we had our first taste of whiskey. So this is written from the point of view of young men, young Irish men, very young Irish men, boys at the Irish American wake. But 15 minutes later, we had our first taste of whiskey. There were uncles giving lectures on ancient Irish his history. The men all started telling jokes and the women, they got frisky, meaning flirtatious. By five o'clock in the evening, every bastard there was pisky. Now, pisky means is a way of saying drunk. Not the most elegant way of saying it, by the way. Be careful. Fare thee well, which is an old way of saying goodbye. Going away. There's nothing left to say. Farewell to New York City boys to Boston and PA. PA is the short for uh, Pennsylvania because, of course, Pittsburgh is another great city of the United States where many Irish people live and lived. He took them out with a well-aimed well clout. Now, what's a clout? A clout is a punch or to hit someone. And it was an accurate, a precise clout. He took them out, which means knocked them out with a well-aimed clout. And we often heard him say, I'm a free-born man of the USA. He fought the champ 
in Pittsburgh. Now, the champ meaning the champion. The box is probably referring to some heavyweight champion. So this is going back to this guy, Jim Dwyer. And he slashed him to the ground. To slash, for example, when I was growing up and I worked on my cousin's farm, I would sometimes be given the job of cutting weeds on the farm, cutting the weeds back. And I would have in my hand a slash hook, which was a long, long pole, almost as tall as myself, and at the end, a curved blade. So if you remember the old um, the old flag of the Soviet Union was the hammer and the sickle to represent the worker. I think a sickle in, in Spanish is, is una oz. And the sickle, if you mounted the sickle onto a long pole, it became a scythe or a slash hook. So to slash is to cut something down um, rapidly. So he fought the champ in Pittsburgh and he slashed him to the ground. He took on tiny Tartanella. Now, it used to be the case in English that if a man was, if his nickname was Tiny, he was probably a huge man. And if a man's name was Skinny, he was probably a fat man. So often they were ironic nicknames. Now, Tiny Tartanella, with a name like Tartanella, he was probably an Italian boxer. So he took on Tiny Tartanella and it only went one round, which means this big Jim Dwyer man knocked out Tiny Tartanella in one round. He never had no time for Reds, so he didn't like communists, for drink, of course, or dice. Now, dice is what you throw with numbers. It's a, it's a cube, numbers one to six when you're playing something. And there was a, games of dice where you would throw two dice and you would bet on the outcome. So he never had no time for Reds, for drink, or dice, or whores, prostitutes. And he never threw a fight until the fight was right, so they sent him to the war. Now, to throw a fight, what does that mean? Now, in the long history of, of professional boxing, especially in the United States, you have fights that were fixed or thrown. And what that means is the mafia would pay a fighter, or would pay the fighter's manager, and they would say, there's a lot of money being bet on you know this fighter losing and being knocked out in the sixth round. And they, of course, would give the boxer some of the money. And so the boxer would pretend to be knocked out and would lose the fight. And so sometimes if the boxers didn't do it, they often ended up being killed. And this is there was a famous heavyweight called Sonny Liston. And he was killed, possibly murdered. And one of the rumors was that he refused to throw a fight. So he never threw a fight until the fight was right. So they sent him to the war. Now, the timing of this makes me think it was the Second World War. Fare thee well, again, goodbye. Fare thee well, gone away, there's nothing left to say. With the Slauncha Joe and Aaron Go. Now, Slauncha is the Irish way of, of saying cheers for a drink. Salute, literally, salute. It's, it's Gaelic, Irish, Slauncha. You'll hear a lot of Irish people always saying the Slauncha, Slauncha wa, meaning good health. With a Slauncha Joe, just for the rhyme, and Aaron Go. Now, Aaron is one of the Irish names for Ireland. And there's a common expression, which is Aaron Gobroch, which means Ireland forever. And it's E-R-I-N-G-O-B-R-A accent, or father C-H. So he refers to that here. He shortens it, and Aaron Go. My love is in America, an old way of saying America. The calling of the rosary... So the rosary was the prayer. I've told you this before. When I was a child, all my friends' families, all of them, I think with hardly any exceptions, um, would have prayed the rosary at least once a week. And during times like Lent, we would have prayed the rosary every night. And my sisters and I often talk about this, and my cousins and my friends. And of course, I, you know, I don't mean to offend here, but we didn't like it. We were kids. We were kids. It wasn't our thing for praying. And of course, there are usually five decades and there were five kids in our family. And so you would have your rosary beads to count the 10, our fathers, the 10 Hail Marys, the decades of the rosary. Now we would, we would forget. So our mother would, would count and we would, we would kneel down at the, ta at the table. We would kneel at the chair. And of course, as kids, we would try to make each other laugh. And if we did laugh, my, my father especially would get very, would get very angry with us. 
We also, it was a very common thing, Irish families of the same, late 70s, early 80s and before, now it's completely changed, you would pray the rosary in the car on the way home. And again, travelling in a car, five of us in the back seat, and on a Sunday night, coming back from a family trip on the Sunday, maybe to visit our cousins or to go to the seaside, and praying the rosary on the way home. And we would pay, we would pray the five decades. Now, my first cousins, who lived in the west of Ireland, they would pray ten, and they would drive around in the car and take extra, an extra long way home, so they would finish the ten, the ten decades. So, the calling of the rosary, and then Spanish wine from far away. I'm a freeborn man of the USA. This morning on the harbour, so by the by the port, the seaside. When I said goodbye to you, so he's leaving now, I remember how I swore, the verb to swear. Now, this can have several meanings. You go to court and you swear an oath to tell the truth. But swear words or swearing can also be uh, bad words. Bad words, bad language. But here he's swearing. I remember how I swore that I'd come back to you one day. As the sunset came to meet the evening on the hill, I told you I'd always love you. I always did. I always will. And then back to the chorus. Fare thee well, gone away. There's nothing left to say. But to say adieu, the French word for goodbye, to say adieu to your eyes as blue as the water in the bay. And to Big Jim Dwyer, the man of war, who was often heard to say, I'm a free-born man of the USA. So if you have watched or you're going to watch The Wire, you will come across this song um, usually at least once in every season there's a wake for a policeman who who has been killed or who, or who has died of of natural or unnatural causes let's do a translation list now we're looking at book 8 it's Friday advanced stuff book 8 list 17 no he hecho nada en absoluto no he hecho nada en absoluto I haven't done anything at all. I haven't done anything at all. Alguien debería investigar ese asunto. Alguien debería investigar ese asunto. Someone should look into that matter. Someone should look into that matter. A nadie parece importarle demasiado. A nadie parece importarle demasiado. Nobody seems to care that much. Nobody seems to give a damn. Nobody cares. No lo dobles así. No lo dobles así. Don't fold it like that. Don't fold it like that. Aléjate del fuego. Aléjate del fuego. Get away from the fire. Get away from the fire. Se dio de baja de la clase. Se dio de baja de la clase. She dropped out of the class. She dropped out of the class. Tienes que dar paso a esos coches. Tienes que dar paso a esos coches. You have to give way to those cars. You have to give way to those cars. Now there's a specific verb verb used here as well. You have to yield. So you go to Ireland, you go to Britain, you'll see these triangular stop signs where here it's just a triangular stop sign, but in Ireland and Britain it will say yield and the older signs will say yield right of way. Yield right of way. Este tipo de calendario resulta útil. Este tipo de calendario resulta útil. This kind of calendar comes in handy. This kind of calendar comes in handy. This kind of calendar is useful. Llámalo, as an expression that was used when I was a child, so something could be handy. And my, my father's cousin would say this when I worked on that farm I talked about. He would say, can you, can you go over there and get me a, a five, eight inch spanner? Now a spanner is what you call yabe inglés. Can you go over there and get me that 5-8 inch spanner or go over and get me that ratchet set? The ratchet is what does the same job as a spanner, but it's quicker to use because it has cogs, gear wheels, and you can do things much faster. And I would bring it to him and he would say, good man, you're as handy as a small pot. You're as handy as a small pot. Llámalo de nuevo. Llámalo de nuevo. Call him back. Call him back. Averigua todo lo que puedas. Averigua todo lo que puedas. Find out everything you can. Find out everything you can. 
Estoy esperándolo con mucha ilusión. Estoy esperándolo con mucha ilusión. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Échale un vistazo y dime lo que opinas. Échale un vistazo y dime lo que opinas. Look it over and tell me what you think. Look it over and tell me what you think. Have a look at it and tell me what you think. Have a look at it and tell me what you think. Espera. Déjame coger un lápiz. Espera. Déjame coger un lápiz. Hang on. Hang on. Let me get a pencil. Let me get a pencil. Os parecéis mucho físicamente. Os parecéis mucho físicamente. You look a lot alike. You look a lot alike. Dimos por supuesto que lo sabías. Dimos por supuesto que lo sabías. We took it for granted that you knew it. We took it for granted that you knew it. No deberías burlarte de esa gente. No deberías burlarte de esa gente. You shouldn't make fun of those people. You shouldn't make fun of those people. Hay espacio para uno más. Hay espacio para uno más. There's room for one more. There's room for one more. Cálmate. Cálmate. Calm down. Calm down. Now, I've never met a single person in the history of the world who, when they're hysterical, has calmed down when they've been told to calm down. So it doesn't really work. Puedes descartar esa posibilidad. Puedes descartar esa posibilidad. You can rule out that possibility. You can rule out that possibility. Stay with me, folks. Back with you in four minutes. Nuestro curso de inglés por videoconferencia es la opción perfecta para perfeccionar tu inglés en poco tiempo y sin perder tiempo ni incómodos desplazamientos. 100% online, por videoconferencia, desde cualquier lugar. Grupos de 6 personas como máximo. Horario de mañana o tarde. Prueba de nivel gratuita. ¿Qué más quieres? Nosotros no podemos darte más facilidades. Ahora te toca a ti. Entra en grupobaugan.com e infórmate sobre nuestro curso de inglés por videoconferencia. Avon English class is not the same as other English classes. In Avon English class, time is optimized to the max. Every minute counts for your company. Every minute counts for your English. It's all a question of mathematics. The more you practice key structures of the language in every class, the more confident you will be when you use them in real life. And the more effective you will be as a communicator in English. And in this global world of ours, communicating effectively is absolutely key to success. By means of face-to-face -face classes or video conference classes, Vaughn will make all the difference for your English. And you will make all the difference for your company. Más información en Barcelona en el 933398687. En Madrid en el 911335831. Don Quijote Sancho Panza. Cleopatra y Marco Antonio. Adán y Eva. Romeo y Julieta. Vaughn y Disney. Sí, ya lo has oído. Vaughan y Disney siguen colaborando para que tus hijos aprendan inglés mientras se divierten. La magia de Disney con la calidad de Vaughan. Entra en grupovaughan.com e infórmate. ¿Qué? ¿Ya has oído hablar de Vaughan Play? Si quieres saber qué es eso de Vaughan Play, entra ya en vauganplay.tv y descúbrelo tú mismo. Con el código Vaughan gratis tendrás una semana gratis para navegar por vauganplay.tv y descubrir lo nuevo que te ofrece Vaughan. Vauganplay.tv. ¿A qué esperas? ¿Quieres tener un profesor Baugan? ¿Quieres tener toda la intensidad de una clase Baugan desde casa? Te lo ponemos muy fácil. Clases Baugan a través de videoconferencia. Una de las modalidades cada vez más demandada. Curso de inglés trimestral por videoconferencia. No importa dónde te encuentres. Con las clases a través de videoconferencia tendrás tu clase Baugan con un ritmo de clase brutal. Nunca te vas a aburrir. Nunca vas a perder la concentración. 
Pruébalo, dinamismo e intensidad. Llama al 911-335833. 911-335833. Eso si estás en Madrid, porque en Barcelona puedes llamar al 933398687. 933398687. Si lo que quieres es resolver el inglés y no solo dar clases año tras año, llama a Vaughan. Somos los únicos que te diremos la verdad, te marcaremos el camino. ¿Quieres aprovechar el tiempo en esta nueva normalidad y resolver tu viejo problema con el inglés? Apúntate al Máster en Inglés Profesional, ahora en modalidad de videoconferencia. Los mismos profesores, la misma calidad, la misma intensidad, pero ahora desde tu casa. Infórmate en grupobaugan.com. Máster en Inglés Profesional de Baugan. Prueba el método Baugan con nuestro curso trimestral. Elige entre nuestra modalidad presencial o por videoconferencia. Y el resto, déjanoslo a nosotros. Tres meses de listening y speaking con los mejores profesores del mercado. Entra en grupobaugan.com e infórmate. Curso trimestral de Baugan. Let's finish off that, uh, that list. Las cortinas prendieron fuego. Las cortinas prendieron fuego. The curtains caught fire. The curtains caught fire. Spelled curtain, pronounced curtain. Curtain. Nosotros rellenaremos esos recuadros. Nosotros rellenaremos esos recuadros. We'll fill in those boxes. We'll fill in those boxes. ¿Podrías dar marcha atrás unos metros? ¿Podrías dar marcha atrás unos metros? Could you back up a few meters? Could you back up a few meters? Could you reverse a few meters? I think I told you before, when I was a child in Ireland, at least in the south, to reverse, we would say back, back. Can you back back a few meters? In American English, back up. Can you reverse? Can you reverse a few meters? Now, when you engage the gear on a car, you say you put it into first, you put it into second, into third, into fourth, into fifth, into sixth, into reverse. If it's an automatic car, if it's an automatic car, you put it into park, you put it into drive, you put it into sport, you put it into reverse. Si tengo una moneda, se la daré a él. Si tengo una moneda, se la daré a él. If I have a coin, I'll give it to him. If I have a coin, I'll give it to him. Si tuviera una moneda, se la daría. Si tuviera una, una moneda, se la daría. If I had a coin, I'd give it to him. If I had a coin, I'd give it to him. Si hubiera tenido una moneda, se la habría dado. Si hubiera tenido una moneda, se la habría dado. If I'd had, if I had had, if I'd had a coin, I would have given it to him. If I'd had a coin, I would have given it to him. Mm, future, present and past conditional right there. Now let's do a little bit of work with so do I, so does he, neither do I, neither does he, etc. So for example, I'll say, I like good food and you... I like good food and you, and you'll say, so do I. So do I. So let's go. I like good food and you. So do I. So do I. I'm not rich and you. Neither am I. Neither am I. I'm not French and you. I'm not French and you. Neither am I. Neither am I. I'd like to be a millionaire and you. I'd like to be a millionaire and you. So would I. So I would like, I'd like, so would I. So would I. I've been to Toledo. And you? 
I've been to Toledo. And you? So have I. I've been, I have been, so have I. I'll retire someday. And you? I'll retire someday. I will. So will I. So I'll, I will, so will I. So will I. Although I actually doubt that. I can't fly like Peter Pan. And you? I can't fly like Peter Pan. And you? Neither can I. Neither can I. I could read when I was seven years old. And you? I could read when I was seven years old. And you? So could I. So could I. I don't speak Chinese. Careful of the speak. I don't speak. I don't speak Chinese. And your boss? And my boss is, let's say my boss is a man. Neither does he. Neither does he. I was here 10 minutes ago. And you? I was here 10 minutes ago. And you? So was I. So was I. I played with toys when I was a child. And you? I played with toy, with, sorry, I played with toys when I was a child. And you? So did I. So I played. So did I. So did I. You're sitting in this room. And me? You're sitting in this room. And me? So am I. Sorry, there I want you to speak second person to me. So are you. So are you. You don't live in a palace. So I want you to respond second person. You don't live in a palace. And me? Neither do you. Neither do you. You don't drive a Formula One car. And my sister? You don't drive a Formula One car. And my sister? Neither does she. Neither does she. My house is in the province of Madrid. My house is in the province of Madrid. And yours? So was mine. So was mine. I went to school when I was young. And you? I went to school when I was young. And you? So did I. So did I. All right, let's practice a bit of the negative of the infinitive. So to be or not to be. So for example, here I'll say, Jimmy said to me, don't open the window. What did he tell me? And you will say he told you not to open the window. Jimmy said to me, don't open the window. What did he tell me? He told you not to open the window. He told you not to open the window. The policeman said to me, don't park in this area. What did he tell me? The policeman said to me, don't park in this area. What did he tell me? He told you not to park in this area. He told you not to park in this area. John asked his wife, please don't cry. What did he ask her? John asked his wife, please don't cry. What did he ask her? He asked her not to cry. He asked her not to cry. My boss said to me, don't do that again. What did he tell me? My boss said to me, don't do that again. What did he tell me? He told you not to do that again. He told you not to do that again. The shopkeeper said to her, please don't touch the piano. What did he ask her? The shopkeeper said to her, please don't touch the piano. What did he ask her? He asked her not to touch the piano. He asked her not to touch the piano. The mother said to her son, don't put your feet on the table. What did she tell him? The mother said to her son, don't put your feet on the table. What did she tell him? She told him not to put his feet on the table. She told him not to put his feet on the table. The teacher said to the student, don't slouch. What did he tell him? Slouch, what's slouch? Now slouch is not to sit, is to have bad posture. With your shoulders forward, your neck in a bad position, very, very bad for you. To slouch, S-L-O-U-C-H. So the teacher said to the student, don't slouch. What did he tell him? What did he tell him? He told him not to slouch. He told him not to slouch. The cook said to his assistant, please don't add too much salt this time. What did he ask him? The cook said to his assistant, please don't add too much salt this time. What did he ask him? He asked him not to add too much salt this time. He asked him not to add too much salt this time. The mother said to her friend, don't pay any attention to Jimmy. What did she tell her friend? 
The mother said to her friend, don't pay any attention to Jimmy. What did she tell her friend? She told her friend not to pay any attention to Jimmy. She told her friend not to pay any attention to Jimmy. He reminded us that we mustn't arrive late. What did he remind us to do? He reminded us that we mustn't arrive late. What did he remind us to do? He reminded us not to arrive late. He reminded us not to arrive late. She doesn't want to answer the question. She doesn't want to answer the question. What does she prefer to do? What does she prefer to do? She prefers not to answer the question. She prefers not to answer the question. He promised he wouldn't be saying about the decision. This may sound strange, but it's correct. He promised he wouldn't be saying about the the decision. What did he promise to do? What did he promise to do? He promised not to say anything about the decision. He promised not to say anything about the decision. They made a decision that they will not go to the game. What did they decide to do? They made a decision that they will not go to the game. What did they decide to do? They decided not to go to the game. They decided not to go to the game. Let's do some vocabulary here. Book 5, list 20. Consejo o asesoramiento. Consejo o asesoramiento. Advice. I need your advice. I want some advice. Now, it, it is almost always in uncountable form. I need some advice. Did you get any advice? I need some advice. A expensas de. A expensas de. At the expense of. In English it's in plural. At the expense of. At the expense of. Lista de verificación. Lista de verificación. Checklist. Let's make a checklist. Costoso. Costoso. Costly. He made a costly decision. It was a very costly project. Decepcionado. Decepcionado. Disappointed. I'm disappointed with you. Also, I'm disappointed in you. De vez en cuando. De vez en cuando. Every now and again. Also, every now and then. Brecha o laguna. Brecha o laguna. Gap. There's a gap in the market. Famous American TV chain. Uh, sorry. Clothing chain. The Gap. The Gap. Tengo un hambre que no veas. Tengo un hambre que no veas. I'm starving. I'm absolutely starving. I'm ravenous. I could eat a horse. I could eat a horse. No vale la pena. No vale la pena. It's not worth it. No, no. Seriously. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Colchón. Colchón. Mattress. Mattress. Do you prefer to sleep in a hard or a soft mattress? Nomina. As in the word that describes the amount of money you must pay to all the employees. Payroll. Payroll. You could also say, he's on the payroll, which meaning he's an employee. He's on the payroll. Lamentable. Lamentable. Regretful. Now he's regretful. Now he's sorry. Now he's full of regrets. He's regretful. Espantapajaros. Espantapajaros. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. As a child, I remember being very shocked uh, going into the countryside and seeing a dead crow uh, tied upside down, tied to a fence upside down. And I remember as, we, as children, we were shocked. And we said, oh, what is that? And my father said, well, it scares away the other crows. It scares away the other crows because they smell the dead crow. Now, of course, you would say, well, that's very cruel. Yes, but it was next to a field of barley or a field of wheat. And what did the crows do? The crows come and they eat all the barley or all the wheat. And the farmer can't, can't make money. He can't feed his family. But, of course, as a child, you don't have that perception. As a child, you, you think of the animal and you think, Oh my God, the poor animal. The poor animal was killed. Now, there was a shocking case in Ireland some years ago, maybe about two years ago. So now, of course, there's technology. Instead of scarecrows, there's a technology called a crow 
banger, which is, uh, it looks like a tiny cannon, and you put it in the field, usually where there's wheat or vegetables, but it's usually where there's wheat and it can't be seen by the crows. And it makes a bang, it makes a shot like a rifle. Bang, bang. But it's timed. And so in the north part of County Kerry, near where I've gone on my holidays since I was a small child, there is very flat farmland. And even though Ireland is a small country, there are parts of Ireland that are quite remote and where people are still, um, how can I say this? <coughs> people are still very traditional in their ways. The same happens in Spain, the same happens in, in the United States, the same happens in Russia, the same happens in every, in even the most enlightened countries in the world. There are parts that are, people are very, very traditional and what we call set in their ways. And sometimes you get disputes, especially when there is land involved. Any country in the world, you'll hear the same thing. And so in this north part of County Kerry, in a tiny rural area, there was a man who grew, uh, he was, he was a tillage farmer, which means a farmer who keeps no animals. He grows crops. And so in order to make his crops successful, he had to have these crow bangers. And he was quite an elderly man, quite an old man. And this noise is constant. Bang. Every 30, 40 seconds. Bang. Bang. And so he had some neighbors who really were annoyed. And this was going on for years and years and years and years. Um, who was annoyed by this and they went to the man who owned the farm and he refused to, to move the banger and so it caused a feud between these people who were neighbours and so one day the old man came in his car to check on the crops and the, one of the members of the other family saw him and and completely lost his cool and he was driving a device kind of like a big a very, very big and powerful forklift, which is using for lifting uh, huge amounts of animal feed. And on the front of that machine, there are, there are prongs, huge prongs. They're like spears, two meters long, metal and pointed at the end. And without giving you too much detail, this man, the younger man, drove his, they're called a teleporter, a teleporter. They're made by companies like Hitachi, um, Lieber and so on. They're kind of like a very big, powerful tractor with this device on the front. And he drove this device at the man's car and killed him. And he drove it repeatedly, reversing, going forward. And it was a terrible death. And it caused a big legal issue in Ireland because he was obviously guilty of killing him. But he wasn't guilty of murdering him. He was guilty of manslaughter. But in Irish law which is most unusual in Europe, there is the a concept of provocation. So a person is provoked, kills another person, but because they were provoked, their sentence is reduced. So this man killed this other man and was given something like a four or five year sentence, which would mean he would be released from jail within two years. And so the sentence was reviewed. And so this idea of, of provocation will probably be taken out of Irish law because of because of that. And so all of that happened because of this noise, because of the, the crow banger, because of the modern scarecrow. Espantapajaros, scarecrow. There we go. Pecado. Pecado. Sin. That's a sin. It's a mortal sin. The seven deadly sins. Great film. Seven. With Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, Brad Pitt, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Excellent film, very disturbing, but an excellent film. Seven, and it's based around the seven deadly sins. Fondo o aguante. Fondo o aguante. Stamina. He has great stamina. She has great stamina. She never gives up. Uh, there's a good expression there. Like a person who you would say, wow, my God, you're like a dog with a bone. Somebody who doesn't give up. They never give up. They never stop. Never stop campaigning. Agua de Grifo. Agua de Grifo, tap water, tap water, amanatha. So you go to a restaurant and they say, you say, can, can we get some water? And of course they try to sell you. They say, well, what do you, what do you like? Do you want, um, do you want, uh, Vichy Catalan or do you want Italian, um, you know, bottled water? No, 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 
tap water is fine. Tap water is fine. Amenafa. Amenafa. Threat. Is that a threat? This is a threat to our business. Erbir. Erbir. To boil. To boil. Now, um, something I've mentioned many times, one of my favorite facts about Madrid, and I've mentioned this to you 55 times, but it's one of those strange things that fascinates me. The boiling point of water in Madrid is 98 degrees, not 100, because of the altitude. Because of the altitude. I, for some reason, I find that fascinating. Because as it was as a child, I was always raised, you were told, at school, the boiling point of water is 100 degrees. But no teacher ever told me, yes, but it depends on the altitude. So if you go to Quito in Ecuador, actually, let me look this up. What's the boiling point of water in Quito, which must be one of the highest cities in the world, boiling point, boiling point, you would say, of water in Quito, Ecuador. Maybe it'll tell me. Mm, well, La Paz. Okay, La Paz. La Paz. The boiling point of water drops by two degrees above sea level. The boiling point of water drops by two degrees Celsius and at 2,800 meters, it's already 10 degrees less. So at 4,000 meters, 14,000 feet, it boils at approximately 86 degrees centigrade. So here this person says, so if you want, if you plan to eat a hard boiled egg in La Paz, you can take your time since the water takes more time to cook the eggs at boiling point. It takes more time to cook the eggs at boiling point because the, the boiling point is lower. That's interesting. So the, so the water is obviously, of course, yes. So the water is 86 degrees instead of 100, but it's boiling. But the temperature is lower. So if you're cooking eggs, you'd have to give it more time. Interesting. All right. Darse de baja. Darse de baja. To drop out. This is the second time we've mentioned this phrasal verb. Yeah, she dropped out of, of college. She dropped out of school. There's a term used, he's a college dropout, as a noun, a college dropout. Um, it's also a term used in rugby. Those of you who watch some rugby or play some rugby will be, will know the term a 22 dropout. Because a drop kick is used frequently in rugby where the, it's quite an interesting skill. The ball is in the player's hands. You can score a drop goal. It's three points where you drop the ball from your hands and just as it touches the ground, you kick it. And it goes over the bar and you get, you get three points. But if you kick it before it touches the ground, no score. It must be, it must be a drop kick. Darse de baja to drop out. They dropped out of the program. Alargar. Alargar to lengthen. To lengthen. They lengthened, I don't know, they lengthened the road. Um, he had to get his trousers lengthened because he's so tall. Dar un puñetazo. Dar un puñetazo. To punch. We mentioned earlier a clout. C-L-O-U-T. A clout. Now a clout was also an old old English for clothes. Because you have the expression in English, cast not a clout till May is out. You have a similar expression in, in Spanish. So what that means is, don't a, a clout could also be an old type of jacket that a shepherd wore. So basically, what it meant was, no matter how warm it gets, it gets. Keep your jacket until the end of May, because there can still be some cold, some cold days. You've got a similar expression in in Spanish, involving I think you say the fortieth of June. Derramar o tirar, derramar o tirar to spill. I told you the other day, the, I told you the other day the expression, no use crying over spilt milk and spill the beans. So no use crying over spilt milk means if something has happened, don't worry about it, move on, forget about it. You can't change the past. Spill the beans means, come on, spill the beans. Imagine your best friend, um, imagine your best friend has been interested in a girl, interested in a boy for a long time. And finally they asked them out, or maybe they've been asking them out and they haven't been, and they haven't been, they've been refused. And finally they go on a date. And the next time you meet them, you say, come on, spill the beans. What happened? Tell me. Tell me the information. Spill the beans. Spill the beans. Amanathar. 
amenazar, to threaten, to threaten. Don't threaten me. A storm is threatening. A storm is threatening, meaning there's a storm, there's a storm coming. Chalet adosado, chalet adosado. Now, also, this could be the kind of house where I grew up, which is called a semi-detached house. Most people I knew in the cities grew up in this type of house. One building, two houses, side by side. Very typical of, of, very typical of Ireland and Britain, much less so in the United States, much less so. Caprichoso, caprichoso, whimsical, whimsical. He's a very whimsical person, caprichoso, whimsical. Interesting word, whimsical, whimsical. All right, let's move on and do a bit of practice with the verb to afford. To afford, simple verb, but you have a literal and a figurative meaning. Literal means to be able to meet the payments on or to have enough money for. Figurative, to be able to do something without suffering adverse consequences or to literally translate what you say in Spain, to be able to permit the luxury to. So now we have, we have to take a break soon, but we'll do this after the break, but I'll explain it first. So literally, you would say, I can't afford a Rolls Royce, so I don't have enough money. I can't afford a Rolls Royce. Figurative, I can't afford to call my boss an idiot. I can't afford to call my boss an idiot. So I can't afford a Rolls Royce, but I can't afford to call my boss an idiot. Can you afford a big house? Can you afford a big house? No, I can't afford a big house. I can't afford a big house. Can you afford a Maserati? Can you afford a Maserati? No, I can't afford a Maserati. I can't afford a Maserati. Stay with me, folks. Back with you in four minutes. Tell me you want to do 10 more push-ups. I want to do 10 more push-ups. Very good. Ask me if I'll tell you to do 10 more. Will you tell me to do 10 more? No, I'm going to tell you to do 20 more. Ask me if I care. Did you care? No, 20 more. Ahora, más oportunidades. Sigue entrenando tu inglés con tu mejor entrenador, un profesor Baugan. ¿Por qué no aprovechas también ahora la hora de comer para poner en forma tu inglés? Apúntate a un curso de inglés trimestral por videoconferencia. Seguro que siempre has querido probar el famoso método Baugan, pero no hay un centro Baugan en tu ciudad. ¡Voilà! Aquí tenemos la solución ideal para ti. El método Baugan en una clase por videoconferencia con los profesores mejor formados para subir un peldaño tu nivel de inglés. Disfruta de todo el dinamismo e intensidad de una clase Baugan ahora en videoconferencia y en una plataforma rápida y de fácil instalación. Nuestra avanzada tecnología permite que nuestras clases por videoconferencia tengan la misma velocidad e intensidad que una clase en el aula. En tan solo un par de clics podrás acceder a la plataforma y empezar tu clase. Y recuerda, prueba de nivel gratuita. ¿A qué esperas? Entra ahora en grupobaugan.com barra clases videoconferencia fácil, cómodo y muy eficaz sigue poniendo en forma tu inglés sí, dígame Ahora tu profesor Baugan, desde tu casa, la oficina. Tu profesor Baugan en clases telefónicas. Ahora más fácil y cómodo. Consigue uno de los tres planes de formación en grupobaugan.com barra clases telefónicas. ¿Quieres apuntarte a un curso de inglés y no sabes cuál escoger? ¿Por qué no probar nuestro curso trimestral de Baugan? Son solo tres meses, no pierdes nada y te aseguramos que vas a ganar mucho. Tres meses en los que podrás ver cuál es tu nivel real de inglés. Tres meses en los que trabajarás tu listening y speaking en todo momento. Tres meses en los que subirás ese nivel tanto que... Pues que querrás otros tres meses y otros tres... Entra en grupobaugan.com e infórmate. Curso trimestral de Baugan. 
Yo en mi caso me lancé a hacer el máster porque en mi trabajo necesitaba hacer presentaciones en inglés, necesitaba hablar mucho en inglés, incluso por teléfono. Entonces fue la razón principal por la que me lancé a hacerlo para tener una fluidez alta en el idioma y además hacerlo con seguridad. Tengo grandes problemas a la hora de hablar. Me puedo comunicar perfectamente, pero no hablo de una manera correcta. Y también cosas muy importantes, como el poder hablar en público sin tener que tener ese miedo o ese vacío a la hora de decir qué hago ahora o qué digo. Con el máster es solucionar ese tipo de problemas, la verdad. Yo lo que más destacaría del máster serían los profesores. Ellos son unos grandes profesionales, te motivan muchísimo con el inglés. Por supuesto, los materiales exclusivos que tenemos en el, en el programa. No estás como en una 